0: Welcome to you, wherever you're at, whomever you are with. We are so very glad that you are here with us for a few moments this weekend. I do want to mention to you, before we jump into our teaching, this wonderful resource called the version. If you haven't discovered it yet, absolutely free app. Download it on your phone or your device. You can search for all kinds of topics. Whatever is of interest to you, uh, enter a search term, and you'll find out exactly what God's Word has to say about that. Uh, Speaking of God's Word, uh, likewise, when you're in your favorite podcast player, if you'd search for Arlington FM Church, there you will find all of our teaching content. Well, uh, speaking of teaching content, uh, today we're going to launch into a brand new series, and it's called Love's Reach, uh, with the subtitle, How Our World Changes When We Care Like Jesus. And uh, you know, this series is based on an understanding about God, a truth about God's nature. In the truth, the premise would be this, God reaches to people in need. That may sound uh, simplistic, but it's a profound truth that God actively reaches for people in need. Whoever they are, whatever their need is, wherever they happen to find themselves. I love the way uh, the prophet Isaiah speaks Uh, to this aspect of God at a time when uh, God's people were doubting whether or not this was indeed true. Uh, The prophet Isaiah makes this declaration, Surely the arm of the Lord is not too short to save, nor is his ear too dull to hear. And uh, what Isaiah is reminding them and us of is that uh, the Creator is not so aloof and so distant that he cannot step into the affairs of people, that he is not uh, responsive uh, to the cries and to their needs. You know, I was thinking uh, recently of some of the very tragic, horrific things that have happened uh, in our world, uh, thinking of the uh, incredible earthquake that took place in Turkey and Syria and, uh, you know, uh, some of the... uh, the the miracle rescue stories that came out of that devastation. Uh, In some cases, almost two weeks after uh, the initial earthquake, uh, survivors were still being pulled from the rubble. And as you can see in this picture, the joy uh, that's in the camp, not only of the survivor, but of uh, those who came uh, to her rescue. And uh, here's the point, Uh, God uh, reaches to people who are in need. Uh, maybe uh, today this message finds you, you know, being crushed under the weight of your circumstances, your worries, your anxieties. Uh, you need to know that God cares about what's uh, what's weighing you down, what's hemming you in. I uh, love uh, again this uh the from the prophet Ezekiel, uh, underscoring uh, God's desire to reach people in need. Here's what he said. Uh, For this is what the sovereign Lord says, I myself will search for my sheep and look after them. I will rescue them from all the places where they were scattered. I myself will search for the lost and bring back hope or bring back the strays. So here's the point that Ezekiel is making about God, that God actively looks for. And he finds people who've wandered far from him. And You know, this, uh, this understanding, this revelation of the character the activity of God towards people who may be distant from him uh, is moved forward, is carried forward, is, uh, is uh, magnified, uh, not surprisingly, through the person of Jesus Christ when he came uh, to this earth uh, to reveal the unseen and hidden God. Uh, when Jesus came to demonstrate uh, Emmanuel, what God looks like, how God acts when he is with us, uh, Jesus uh, demonstrated uh, this uh, interest God has in reaching those who are far from Him, and uh, He showed us that that love that is not only eternal, uh, but love that is up close and personal, uh, has this reach towards people that may be distant from Him. And we're going to look at over the next few weeks uh, the writings of uh, one of Christ's followers, a guy named Luke. In fact, Luke was known as a physician. He actually wrote uh, two uh, books of the Bible. He wrote the gospel according to Luke. And then he wrote a sequel called the book of Acts. Uh, But in uh, Luke's gospel, particularly, he points uh, to what Jesus modeled and demonstrated about a God who reaches uh, people who may feel uh, distant from God, who may feel out of touch with God, who may feel beyond the reach of God's saving influence. Uh, And uh, this idea, uh, Luke kind of brings it to light all the way through his gospel account. Early on uh, in uh, chapter uh, 4, Luke speaks of a people who tried to uh, keep Jesus to themselves. We're told uh, they tried to keep him from leaving them, but Jesus said, I must proclaim the good news of the kingdom of God to the other towns also and then the, these words because that is why I was sent uh, Jesus was sent uh, to go to where people had needs and uh, as Luke unfolds his account his story of the life and teachings and example of Jesus uh he was accused of uh spending time with uh, people that uh, many of the religious folks felt were were uh you know, disgusting to God, who are on God's bad list. Those are the people Jesus went to. And when he was accused, why does this man eat and drink with sinners? Uh, Here is how Jesus answered, according to Luke. Uh, Jesus answered them, it's not the healthy who need a doctor, but it's the sick. I've not come to call the righteous, but I've come to call sinners uh, to a changed life, to repentance And so uh, Luke follows this theme of Jesus needing, must go to the towns uh, and uh, bring the good news of hope to people that others perhaps had written off as being beyond the reach of God. Uh, When you come to Luke's uh, parables, uh, particularly in Luke chapter 15, he tells uh, three stories uh, that Jesus uh, recounted or Jesus uh, used to teach about the nature of God and his kingdom. The stories were the story of a lost coin, the story of a lost sheep, the story of a lost son. And as you uh, read through uh, these stories, meant to reveal the heart of God for people, uh, what you see is that when something is lost, there's an all-out search to find it. And when uh, that which was lost is found, there's joy in the camp. Much like those rescuers who pulled that girl from the rubble, uh, Jesus is saying, look, this is the heart of God, and this is the heart of God's Messiah. And when he's among people, is he reaches for those who have needs, regardless of what they're into, of where they are, or how distant they might feel from God. This theme continues. We come to Luke chapter 19. Again, uh, Jesus is accused of hanging out with tax collectors, enjoying their company. And uh, he's in the home of a guy named Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector. You you might look at uh, those people or those categories or those groups that you feel are ruining America. And uh, Zacchaeus was in that kind of group. In fact, he was a chief tax collector. And yet Jesus was moved towards him, went to his house, had a meal with him, And when he was accused of being a little bit too close to messed up people, here's what he said. The Son of Man came for this reason, to seek and to save the lost. Uh That kind of sounds like God reaches towards people who have needs. And uh, again, uh, this idea of crossing boundaries, of overcoming barriers to get to people with needs uh, goes right to the end of Luke's gospel. We have uh, Jesus hanging on the cross. He's uh, s- surrounded with uh, two sinners, uh, two uh, men who have been arrested uh, for murder and crimes against uh, Rome. And uh, one of them is scorning, mocking Jesus. You saved others. Why don't you save yourself? But the other one is a little bit more humble, a little more repentant. But nevertheless, a lawbreaker, a criminal, and, uh, and is really what uh, came to be his last breath. He said, Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And here is how Jesus responded to him. He said, truly, I tell you, today you will be with me in paradise. So from start to end, Luke follows this line of teaching where Jesus displays the heart of God to reach his sheep, wherever they might be found, wherever they've wandered off to, whatever is oppressing them, however their lives have transpired the heart of God moves towards people with needs. While well, we mentioned Luke wrote a sequel, he wasn't a one hit wonder. He didn't just have uh one bestseller, uh, but after the gospel of Luke, he writes his sequel, the book of Acts. And uh, interestingly, it follows this same theme of God uh, reaching people through Christ who may, uh, maybe uh, are considered far away from God. In fact, uh, Luke opens his sequel with these words. He says, in my former book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and to teach until the day he was taken up to heaven after giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles he had chosen. The obvious inference is that Jesus is still doing now what he began to do and teach, only now he's doing it through his followers and uh, he equips them. To carry on this work of reaching people with needs, he says, You will receive power when the Holy Spirit uh, comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses. You'll display the same life that God revealed through me uh, in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Can you see this outward push of uh, the heart of God uh, to reach people with needs wherever? They might be found, uh, you know, uh, you could say it like this. Uh, here's really the, the uh, trajectory that Luke reveals to us about the revelation of God through Jesus Christ is there is no one anywhere that Jesus is not reaching to through someone. Uh, hear that profound truth. Not only does God reach to people with needs, but there is no one anywhere that Jesus is not reaching to through someone. And so here's the question uh, that uh, I want to pose in this series. Uh, Really, it's got two sides to it. Uh, Where are you at as you hear these words? You know, what are you into? What do you feel has come upon your life? Uh, What things are weighing you down that perhaps you feel, you know, maybe when I get through those, I could find my way close to God. But uh, I hope that as we get into this series, you'll begin to realize God is coming to you. He's meeting you right in the midst of those complex situations. Uh, But here's the other side of that coin is, uh, you know, are we willing to be a part of that equation where uh, God through Jesus is meeting the needs of people now through his followers? And uh, are we open to that? Uh, Will we be the kind of people uh, that show up? Uh, to those who may be distant from God, who may feel that their their lives have have made God inaccessible to them. Uh, You know, I heard a great story uh, years ago. It came to mind as I was thinking about this series, and uh, you could put a title on this. I knew you'd come. And uh, it's the story of two brothers who were fighting side by side in World War I in France. And uh, as the enemy was uh, overwhelming uh, their front lines, they had to retreat. And as they uh, began to muster in, in an area where they felt that they were safe, uh, the one brother found that he was alone. His his brother uh, did not join them in the retreat, and uh, so he went to his commanding officer and requested permission to go out and look for his brother, what would now be behind enemy lines. And uh, his commanding officer said, "Absolutely not. Uh, most likely, you know." Chances are 99.9% your brother's gone, and uh, I don't want to risk your life sending you into that situation. Uh, but the, the brother continued to, uh, to, to uh, press his, his request. And finally, uh, the commanding officer relented. He said, uh, you know, you're, you can go on this dangerous mission to try to find your brother. Well, uh, kind of condensed the story. He eventually did find his brother. He was wrapped up in barbed wire, kind of hanging on to life by a thread. In fact, uh, as he uh, pried his brother loose and carried him back, he died uh, on the way. And uh, the commanding officer said, you know, I I really didn't want to send you out. I grieve your loss with you, but uh, it was a lost cause from the beginning. And uh, the brother remarked, absolutely not, because when I arrived, uh, my brother was still hanging on to life. In his first words, he spoke to me where, uh, I knew you'd come. Uh, I knew that you would come. And, and see, I think that's a, that uh, is a glimpse into the heart of God for people. Is, uh, he, he wants us to know uh, that he will come. That's his nature. His right arm is not shortened. His ear is not deaf. He, he sent Jesus to reveal the heart of God who came to seek and to save those that are lost, he didn't come uh, for the righteous people. He came for people with needs, people that are sick. And he wants us to know uh, when we're lost, uh, he looks for us until he finds us. Uh, God wants us to know that about him. Uh, you know, uh, this uh, series is called uh, How Our World Changes When We Care Like Jesus. And uh, really, the point of this, uh, this message is to invite us not only to be recipients of God's desire to meet people with needs, but that also we would be God's representatives. We would be conduits of that love and compassion that God has for people that maybe have wandered far away from him. And uh, the truth of the matter is, uh, this is what changes the world in dramatic ways. When you look at the, uh, the, the very first century church, In fact, for hundreds of years, uh, the the thing the church was most known by was their compassion for people with needs, their willingness uh, to go uh, to those who were hurting, who were broken. They didn't care uh, what their thing was. They didn't care what their faith was. They didn't care uh, what their lifestyles were. If they had needs, the early church was known uh, to be those who would come, in fact, they came to be known as those who would come when you were hurting the most. They rocked the world. They changed empires because of this quality about them is they were willing to reach towards those who had needs. Well, you know, the subtitle is of this series, uh, How the World Changes When We Care Like Jesus, it could also have been this, How Your World Changes When You Care like Jesus. Uh, see, here's the truth. When we decide that this is indeed the nature of God to reach for people with needs, whatever those needs are, uh, our lives get bigger. We become more Christ-like. We experience more of God, and the opposite of that is also true. When we resist a being at God's feet, at God's hands, uh, the, the conduits of God's provision, our lives shrink We get smaller and we don't experience the life that Christ calls us to live. You could say it like this, genuine love reaches people in need. And if it doesn't, it isn't genuine. It's not the real thing because it's a very uh, crucial element of the kind of love that God has for people that Jesus demonstrates to us and that he invites us to participate in showing to others uh, as I was thinking about this truth that genuine love reaches people in need. Uh, somebody reminded me of a book I read a few years ago. It's called Love Does by a, a guy named Bob Goff. And uh, Bob's kind of a crazy guy. Uh, he does crazy things like uh, fly across the country to attend a wedding of someone he just met in a restaurant. And uh, he's willing to kind of uh, drop everything and respond the need of the moment. One case in point, he tells the story of when uh, he was uh, just about to embark upon his honeymoon with his new bride, and uh, someone from his youth group, one of the renegade kids in his youth group, showed up at his house, and uh, he asked uh, Bob if he wanted to go uh, up in the mountains with him, go rock climbing. He had some new gear, And Bob closed the door and turned to his new bride and said, "Uh, it's so-and-so from the youth group. And uh, as he had that moment with his wife, uh, she looked at him and she said, Bob, I think you need to go. And so he dropped everything, knew she'd be there for him when he returned three days later. And uh, and he went up in the mountains with this renegade young person uh, from youth group. And uh, as it turns out, uh, this weekend changed that young man's life. And uh, here's a question I want you to consider Uh, as people who follow Christ, uh, who have received everything. In fact, Jesus himself said freely, you have received, freely give. And here's the question. Why don't we, you know, what is it about us that keeps us from uh, living this life of lavish love that, that we proclaim that we've experienced from God through Christ? Well, uh, Here are some of the reasons. Uh, You may have your own, but here are some of mine. Uh, One, you could sum it up in a word, hoarding. You know, hoarding and just keeping things to myself. And that this feeling that uh, there isn't quite enough to go around and that uh, everything I've gained from God, I need to kind of, uh, kind of like those people in Capernaum, Uh, they wanted to keep Jesus to themselves. And he said, I must go uh, to the other towns because that is why I came you know, I think we, uh, we falsely conclude uh, that uh, gathering more to myself uh, enhances my own happiness, uh, feathers my own nest, when, in fact, the opposite is true. Uh, Jesus said if we, if we try to save our lives and cling to them, we end up losing them. They drift away from us. But when we give them away, uh, we receive more in return. It's more blessed to give. Than to receive on and on, Jesus uh, tried to uh, un, you know, unhinge our fingers from the things that we hoard and gather to ourselves. Interestingly enough, uh, it's been uh, observed that the longer a church is around, the more of their resources are spent on themselves. Uh, hear that again. Uh, the longer church organizations tend to be around, the more their resources flow toward themselves rather than out. Uh, to reach those who desperately need to be rescued, need to hear good news, need to experience the selfless love of Christ. So uh, hoarding is one of mine. Here's the next one, judgmental. You know, sometimes uh, we think uh, that to offer God's best to people who are far from him means that we accept or approve uh, their their lifestyles or their values or their choices. When uh, we think that... uh, God doesn't like people who don't like him. You know, that nothing could be further from the truth. You can't follow Jesus and be judgmental of people. Jesus said, love your enemies. He went and hung out with people that desperately needed God, and he modeled that to us. So judgmentalism is one of those reasons we might uh, become less than the hands and feet of Jesus towards those who need him the most. Uh, here's one uh, that I often wrestle with, fear and shame. You know, this sense of, of uh, fear that what I have uh, isn't quite good enough to offer people or that uh, my life is so full of holes. How in the world could I be used by Jesus to bring his hope in his life to others? And uh, here's another one, uh, priorities. We just get our priorities mixed up. We somehow think that uh, reaching others is like uh, you know, it's like an accessory, an add-on to our faith, but not really the central issue. And uh, I would just ask you to consider uh, if you don't have a lifestyle of moving towards people with needs who are desperate for the hope and the love and the forgiveness and the the guidance the, and all of the wonderful things that we have through Christ. Uh, what are your reasons for that? But I, I want to share a story with you where uh, Jesus took one of his followers and retooled him. And uh, in fact, uh, his guy named Peter, uh, who would uh, lead the movement when Christ returned to the Father, sent his spirit to carry on his work through his people. Peter would be the spokesperson for Jesus. And uh, I call this little story uh, where Peter was kind of retooled. I call it a fish story. And uh, we find it In Luke's gospel, chapter 5, we're told one day as Jesus was standing by the lake in Gennesaret, the people were crowding around him. They were listening to the word of God, and Peter was among those. And uh, Jesus saw at the water's edge two boats left there by the fishermen who were washing their nets. Now, uh, they'd come to the end of their workday. In fact, they worked all night, and we're told later in the story they hadn't caught a thing. So they were ready to hang it up. They'd done all the cleanup work. If you've ever worked at maybe a a restaurant or a service organization, I used to work at a service station. And I remember uh, about that last half hour late at night, you started pulling in all the stuff that was outside. You started tallying up your totals and uh, buttoning up the shop because you were ready to go home. And uh, then about, uh, you know, one minute before closing time, someone pulls in. They need full service. And... uh, You know, you're not going home at the appointed time. Well, if you can imagine, uh, Peter and the fishermen, uh, their boats are all clean, their nets are clean. They're listening to Jesus uh, proclaim the good news of God's kingdom. Well, Jesus gets into one of the boats. In fact, he gets into one belonging to Simon Peter, and he asks him to put out a little from shore. Then he sat down, and he taught the people from the boat, and, uh, you know, you gotta, you got to catch the symbolism here. Uh, Peter goes from being one who's at a safe distance from Jesus. It might be uh, equivalent to you listening to the teachings of Jesus in church. You know, you're at some place where he's, he's far enough away where he's not really messing with your stuff. And then all of a sudden, uh, he goes from uh, being in the crowd, uh, Jesus goes to inside peter's boat into his livelihood into the center of his world it'd be kind of like jesus going from church with you into your man cave and all of a sudden he's there with you and your homies and uh so uh there's a transition uh, happening for peter as jesus is now in his boat proclaiming the kingdom of god uh, from the center of peter's world and uh, we're told that when he had finished speaking He said to Simon, put out into deep water and let down the nets for a catch. And again, you know, as I mentioned, these guys are done. (laughs) They're done working. They haven't caught a thing. They've cleaned their boats, cleaned their nets. They're ready to go home and get some rest. And Jesus tells them, put out into deep water, let down the nets for a catch. And Simon answered, "Uh, Lord, (laughs) this doesn't make sense. Master, we've worked hard all night. And we haven't caught anything. But now these important words out of the mouth of Peter, but because you say so, uh, I will let down the nets. And uh, on those words and that response, everything hinged and everything changed for Peter. When they had done so, when they did what Jesus told them to do, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. So they signaled their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came, and they filled both boats so full that the boats began to sink. You know, if you've ever seen a depiction of this, it really is, uh, as some uh, Bibles title this section, the miraculous catch. It is a miraculous catch, a fish that blew their minds. And uh, maybe you're thinking, well... (laughs) Did that really happen? Uh, Can that actually happen? Well, here's the truth. Yes, it did. In fact, it happened right here in our area in the Puget Sound. I read about this just this week. Uh, This is called a uh, miraculous catch of fish. Uh, It happened in the late summer of 1958 after a a plentiful season of sockeye fishing here in the Puget Sound. Uh, This boat uh, called the Emancipator it was a 65-foot wooden boat out of Gig Harbor, and uh, through this incredible season, it was one of the top uh, catchers of fish. They had hauled in over a 28-day period. They had hauled in over 25,000 fish. <laughs> that's over 1,000 fish a day. That's quite a catch, but that's not the miracle part of it. When the State Fish Commission offered a last-minute, one-day extension, uh, the uh The crew of the Emancipator said, uh, we're all in. They jumped on their boat. They went out. They let down their nets for a catch. And uh, here's the uh, description of what took place. Um, They said what happened next was mind-boggling within the nets as they began to pull them up. There was such a frenzy of teeming fish. They said it was like water boiling as if in a huge cooking pot. And uh, they pulled in so many fish that the boat began to sink. And uh, they said the crew was working the bilge pumps to keep enough water uh, pumped out of the boat to keep them afloat so they could make it to shore. It turns out in that one uh, outing, they had pulled in 15,000 or 80,000 pounds of fish. So uh, the miracle catch uh, can happen. It did happen. But here's the truth. Uh, When it happened with Jesus, it happened on demand. Uh, on his word, and it happened when no one was catching anything, and it happened with a specific purpose. Uh, Jesus was wanting to reveal to Peter uh, the generosity in the heart of God, uh, the ability of God to do incredible things through his people in meeting the needs of others. In fact, that's exactly where Jesus goes with this miracle. Uh, But first, as I mentioned, uh, Peter needs to be retooled When Simon Peter saw this miraculous catch of fish that was sinking, both of their boats were told he fell at Jesus' knees. And he said to him, go away from me, Lord. I am a sinful man. Uh, There's that fear and that shame uh, for he and his companions were astonished. They knew that God was up to something here. They were astonished at the catch of fish they had taken. And so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, Simon's partner, You know, as I mentioned, uh, I think oftentimes uh, we won't step into those risky situations of being God's concern, God's care, God's compassion for people that are not like us, for people that we might consider far away from God and any lifestyle that God would advocate. uh, We won't step into those situations because we feel incapable, fearful, perhaps aware of our own brokenness and uh, love the response of Jesus as Peter falls to his knees and says, Lord, uh, go find someone else, because I know what I'm made of. Uh, Jesus said to Simon, don't be afraid. From now on, you will fish for people. And so they pulled their boats up on shore. They left everything, and they followed him. Uh, You know, I heard someone say recently uh, that following Jesus is not about behavior modification. It's not about uh, putting on uh, some nice behaviors over previous bad ones. No, following Jesus is more about spiritual transformation. It's not behavior modification. It's, it's retooling us from the inside out where we suddenly experience God as he is in, in profound ways. We see the readiness of God, the generosity of God, the extravagant love of God for people who may be far away from him, and uh, in that uh, recognition, uh, we can recoil, we can step back, we can say, Lord, I think you need someone who's a little more put together than me, and uh, hear the words of Christ, fear not, uh, from now on, uh, you will fish for people. You know, I think this uh, vocation uh, of being uh, the hands of Jesus, the feet of Jesus, going to where Jesus would go, the good shepherd uh, to find his sheep, wherever they're lost, uh, coming to seek and to save them. I think sometimes uh, we think that, uh, you know, we're incapable of being that to others. And uh, Jesus would say, you know what? It's not about you. It's about my generosity and my grace through uh, anyone who is willing to be open. Paul would say, uh, few uh, decades later, Uh, We have this treasure, this life of God, this heart of God, this good news of God's coming through Christ. We have this treasure in earthen vessels uh, to show that it's not about us. It's about God loving people through us. I want to invite you to join me uh, in a prayer. Uh, Father, thank you uh, for this reminder of love's reach. uh, That there's nowhere uh, we can wander off to where you don't hear our cries. There's nothing we can be going through that uh, is so far away from you that you can't reach us, that you won't reach us. And, uh, Lord, I just pray for anyone who's hearing these words now who feels that uh, maybe uh, their choices, their life situations have uh, distanced them so much from you that you no longer hear their cries and you can't reach in to their circumstance. And, Lord, thank you for this reminder Uh, Much like those uh, uh, people in that earthquake who were uh, gone, dead to the world, uh, but there were those who were willing uh, to search, to listen for their cries, to risk their own lives, to find them. Lord, thank you that that's the testimony of who you are. We can't look at your life as revealed to us through the Gospels and not see a God who reaches us in any predicament who values us whatever is going on uh, in our lives and then lord uh, i pray uh, much as you did with peter uh, that you would retool us uh, that whatever it is that uh, causes us to uh, to not step into the adventure of of loving others the way you love us of being the reach of god uh, for people who desperately need his hope uh, lord would you uh, liberate us uh, from hoarding Uh, from feeling that we need to keep what we have to ourselves. Uh, Would you liberate us, Lord, from any kind of judgmentalism that makes us think that we need to somehow be protective of your holiness and distance ourselves from people who desperately need to experience you? Uh, Lord, whatever fear, whatever shame uh, keeps us reserved, uh, would you liberate us from that? Much as you did with Peter, Lord, open our eyes and our hearts and show us Uh, that uh, you're continuing your gracious work, only now you're doing it through your people, uh, clothed with your power and your ability. I pray that in Jesus' mighty name. Amen.